Jesus' name. Amen. You can sit back down. Let's go to Matthew 6.33. Matthew 6.33. Matthew 6.33. The Bible says, Jesus said, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Um, This being the first of the new year of 2012, we're going to just talk about first today, first things, first. Um, when he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you, uh, the people that I've met over the last many, many years, the majority of them have been concerned about getting the things. And when he talks about things here, he's talking about the necessities of life, food, clothing, you know, these sorts of things. And... A lot of people seek after those things, but and they seek after those things first. The first thing we need to be seeking after is the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. So we're just talking about first things today. Here on the first day of the new year, first things. Does anybody know what the first commandment is? Anybody have any idea what the first commandment is? You'll have what? Well, I've got to get all you people saved. Nobody knows what the first commandment is? You'll have no other gods before me. Isn't that the first commandment? Wouldn't that be horrible to be a Christian and you don't even know what the first commandment is? Well, if you're here today and you don't even know what the first commandment is, you need to sharpen up a little bit. Amen. Amen. Is that right? You need to check out, see if you're even saved. My God, how many knows what the first commandment is? You'll have no other gods before me. Is that right? So the first commandment says we need to keep God first. Is that right? You need to keep God first. Now... Notice in Acts, the 20th chapter in the 7th verse. Did you know that I've learned this over the years too? The way people treat the house of God is the way they really feel about God. I've watched many people say how much they love God, but they don't honor his house. And the best way to see how somebody really feels about God is to see how they honor his house. And uh, notice here in Acts, the 20th chapter in the 7th verse. Now on the first day of the week, notice the first day of the week. Does anybody know what the first day of the week is? Is it Monday or is it Sunday? It's Sunday. So that'd be today, wouldn't it? This must really be a special day because not only is it the first day of the week, but it's the first day of the week of the first day of a new year. Is that right? What a better day to honor God. On the first day of the week, notice the disciples came together to break bread. Paul, ready to depart the next day, spoke to them and continued his message until midnight. Well, they were having a church service and it was on the first day of the week. And you can see that, that, that the, the reason we meet on Sundays as Christians is because they set the precedent of that. And in the early church, they would meet on the first day of the week 
And I believe that's just a way of honoring God and saying to God, you know, here on the first day of, uh, of, of every week, we're going to set that aside to give that unto the Lord. I believe God will honor that. And I believe when people do that, they're actually showing God that, that they're honoring him uh, above anything else. Um, you know, I, I've watched this over the many years back. See, back when I was a kid, uh, the first day of the week was really given unto the Lord. You'd go out on the first day of the week. You'd go out on Sundays and you'd drive around and you would, I mean, everything was deader than a doornail. The, the gas stations were closed. The, the stores were closed. The malls were closed. You know, everything with the sports shops were closed. You know, restaurants were closed. Everything was shut down. Even bars were shut down. Why were they shut down? Because it was God's day. Now, you go out, you can't tell the difference between a Saturday and a Sunday or a Monday or a Tuesday. Is that right? Well, we need to be folks that we need to to honor God. And the best way, one of the best ways to do it is on the first day of each week, which is Sunday. First thing in the morning, I'd tell you, get up and go to church. Amen. That's good. That's good. That's a good thing. And notice in the book of Haggai, let's go to Haggai. Now that's over in the Old Testament. Let's look at what happens when you keep God first. And the best way to do that really is to to honor his house by coming on the first day of the week. Haggai chapter 1 verse 3. I'm going to read this in the New Living Translation. They'll have that on the screen. I, I believe we have that in our projection system. Notice this Haggai, the book of Haggai. Uh, chapter 1, we'll start in verse 3, New Living Translation. So the Lord sent this message through the prophet Haggai. Did you know that when God wants to speak to his people, like in the Old Testament, he would raise up a prophet and he'd speak to the man and then the man would speak to the people. Notice what God said here. Why are you living in luxurious houses while my house lies in ruins? Did you know God doesn't have a problem with you having a luxurious house? When God has a problem is if you're living in a luxurious house and you're not honoring his house, you see. That's when, that's when you get in trouble with God. Now notice verse 5. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Consider how things are going for you. That's something we all ought to stop and think about once in a while. Consider how things are going for you. Then look at verse 6. You've planted much harvested little you have food to eat but not enough to fill you up you have wine to drink now that's not talking about drunkenness they 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 drank that in 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 that day you got to remember the water system in that day wasn't like we have it here nonetheless you have you have wine to drink but not enough to satisfy your thirst you have clothing to wear but not enough to keep you warm your wages disappear as though you were putting them in pockets filled with holes. Have you ever thought that? You know, you get your paycheck and it's like you put it in your pocket and there's holes in your pocket. It's, in other words, there's just not enough money to make it to the end of the month. Has anybody ever been there besides me? And it says here, your wages disappear as though you were putting them in pockets filled with holes. This is what the Lord says. Consider how things are going for you. The King James actually says it this way. Consider your ways. Consider your ways. Now notice this verse 8. Now go up into the hills, bring down timber and rebuild my house. Then I will take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. Now notice as we read on here, it says, You hoped for rich harvest, verse 9, 
but they were poor. And when you brought your harvest home, I blew it away. Uh, You don't want God blowing your stuff away, do you? And then he says, why? Why did he blow it away? Because my house lies in ruins, says the Lord Almighty, while you are all busy building your own fine houses. There again, God doesn't have a problem with you having a fine house. What's the problem that he's having here? He's having the problem with people that are putting their house first ahead of God's. Did did you get that? Did, did, Did you hear that? And then verse 10, that is why the heavens have withheld the dew and the earth has withheld its crops. I have called for a drought on your fields and hills. You don't want God calling for a drought on your life. You just don't want that. A drought to wither the grain and grapes and olives and all your other crops. A drought to to starve both you and your cattle and to ruin everything you have worked so hard to get. Now, why would God do that? It's because they were not honoring his house and they weren't keeping his house first. I tell you what, if you want God to get involved with your house, what you need to do is get involved with his house. If you want him to honor your house, then what you need to do is honor his house. And it's just a spiritual biblical principle that we just need to keep God first. And one of the ways you can do that is to keep him first in your, in, in, as you honor his house. The way you feel about God's house is really the way you feel about him. The way you honor the church is the way you really feel about God. Now, I've watched that over some 20 plus years of, of ministry, and it's, it's just the, it's a, it's a fact of the matter. We need to keep the house of God first. Amen? Praise God. I didn't say keep the pastor first. You have, you have sense enough to realize you shouldn't attend here to keep me happy. Is that right? You ought to attend here to keep God happy. Or whatever church God's told you to go to, you need to be there, and you need to to do that as an honor, as a, as an honoring to Him, keeping Him first. Notice in Proverbs three verse nine. Here's something else you can do. As you come to the house of God, notice this, Proverbs three and verse nine, talking about first things, first. Proverbs 3 and 9, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. Notice the first fruits. And much we could say about that. Actually, when God talked about first fruits in the Old Testament as it pertained to bringing, uh, uh, you know, offerings and whatnot, he was talking to farmers. He was talking to what's known as an agricultural people. And the, the, the principle of first fruits really doesn't work when it comes to monetary or money. It works as it pertains to chickens or, or goats or, you know, crops, those kinds of things. Um, but, but as we look at first fruits throughout the entirety of the word of God, as it would apply to you and me, uh, I would say it this way. First fruits really has to do with the tithe. It has to do with the tithe. Uh, um, 
Again, as you study first fruits, because sometimes you'll see a preacher get up in the New Testament days in which we live and talk about first fruits. And you're supposed to bring the first of everything, actually, not even to the church, but to the preacher. And, and I just don't, don't see that in the New Testament. You don't see first fruits in the New Testament hooked up with money. You see it first fruits hooked up with, with offerings in the Old Testament as it pertained to an ag- agricultural people or a, uh, 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 farmers, you see. And then first fruits makes good sense. Uh, a good example would be, let's just say that you had a relative that passed away and left you uh, a million dollars. If first fruits applied to money, then that whole million dollars, according to, to the way it was set out in the Old Testament, should go to me. There's something wrong with that, isn't there? I, I have a problem with that. I wouldn't feel comfortable about receiving a million dollars from you if your Aunt Ethel died. You understand? Are you okay? So then you'd have to wait for Uncle Fred to die and then you could keep that. But what if you don't have an Uncle Fred? You okay? So, so all I'm saying here, uh, you may not really understand first fruits too well, but sometimes you'll see ministers get up, they'll talk about first fruits and all of that as it pertains to money. Now, first fruits as it pertains to offerings had to do with an Old Testament uh, farmers, you see. And as it pertained to crops and, and, and goats and things like that, then it makes sense. How many of you know God's reasonable? How many of you know he is? He's reasonable. So, so as I've looked at first fruits as it pertains to monetary or money or, 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 you know, honoring the church, one thing you do see throughout the entirety of the Bible is the tithe. The tithe. And that's consistent throughout the entirety of the Bible. The tithe. I say very little about it around here. I probably do you a disservice by not talking more about it. I seldom talk about it. But, um, and the reason I don't say more about it is because I don't want to get grouped with the money bilkers that you see on television. I don't want to be grouped up with those people. Did you hear what I just said? I don't want to be associated with those people that tell you that if you'll, you know, send in an offering that some hundredfold miracle thing will go into operation for you, it won't. Did you hear me? How many of you know there's no such thing as supernatural miracle debt cancellation? You can't believe for that. It's not Bible. It only happened a couple of times in the Bible, and there were special extenuating circumstances that had to do with that. Do you hear me? So as it pertains to first fruits and money, here's what I would tell somebody from my years of study. What that has to do with is the tithe. Realize, say tithe. The tithe. Now, what is a tithe? A tithe is a tenth, a tenth, or 10%. And um, I always like to tell people this way, I, I, I believe it's the first tenth, the first part, the first part, the first, the first tenth at the beginning. I've never seen anybody yet get blessed by God who gave God what was left over. Did you hear me? I've never seen anybody get blessed by God that gave God the junk. Do you realize that the people, and I I didn't intend to say this, but but I can say it, it fits right in, that do you realize that that you can read uh, in the the Old Testament, you could see that people would actually bring, because you see back then they'd bring animals and things like that to sacrifice, and, and, and the people, there's so many of them, they wouldn't bring their best animals, they'd bring the ones that were diseased. 
are the ones that were blind, are the ones that were lame. They'd bring those to the Lord to offer those and you know God wouldn't accept them. He wouldn't accept them. That's why whenever, you know, I say, let's bring something to give away. You know, I I don't want you to bring the stuff that you'd throw out in a garage sale. Amen. (laughs) You know, we're going to give and help the poor. Go to Walmart and buy something decent. Uh, I shop at Walmart. Do you all shop at Walmart? It's fine with Walmart. Amen. Thank God. I had a lady one time wanted to come preach for me years ago. And she said in her letter, she says, I've been delivered from shopping at Walmart. Now, what you talking about? I said, when they say attention Walmart shoppers, I start, you know, that's me, man. But do you get what I'm saying? Don't bring your old moth-eaten coat that's been hanging in the closet for 18 years. It's got 16 holes in it. God's not interested in that. Amen. Go get something decent. Amen. But you don't give God what's left over or what what you happen to have left. You honor him first. You put him first. Amen. Did you hear me? You put him first. You put him first. And so honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. I believe he's talking about the tithe there. And then people, you know, a lot of times they'll say, well, tithing's passed away. Well, you know, you see tithing. You see the the principle of it before the law, don't you? Before Moses and the law. Don't you see it in the Garden of Eden? Essentially where God said, hey, all these other trees, fine. But this one tree here, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat of it. Is that right? And they did eat of it and they got in trouble, didn't they? That cost all of us, didn't it? Don't you see the principle of the tithe right there in the Garden of Eden? And then you, nobody argues that it's in the law. It's, it's there in the law. But then also Jesus was a tither. You know that he was. Because remember, he uh, said to the people, he said, you know, you bring tithes of, of, your, you know, of your, 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 your different spices and things. And you bring all those tithes in. But then he says, you've forgotten the weightier matters of the law. Did you know there's weightier things than tithing? Let me say it this way. There's things more important than tithing. And then he talked about walking in love and forgiveness and kindness and things like that. How many of you know that's more important than tithing? But he said you should have done the the, the walking in love and all that. You should have done that and not left the tithing undone. In other words, he said you ought to walk in love and be a tither. Now, if Jesus wasn't a tither, then he's a hypocrite right there. Is that right? Because he's telling other people to do something that he's not doing? No, I don't think so. Jesus is not a hypocrite, amen? So he's a tither. And then you can read the book of Hebrews and it talks about tithing. So you see the principle of the tithe throughout the entirety of the Bible. And uh, remember, God never looks at amounts. He looks at percents. Remember that? That way everybody can equal, be equal. Is that right? You understand that? And and so he says, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. And, and you see, so anytime you increase, then 10% of that goes to the Lord, doesn't it? Now, somebody says, I don't like that. Well, how many of you know it all belongs to him anyway? And he only wants 10, 10%, right? How many of you know he doesn't need any of it? Why does he set this up? It's a supernatural thing. It doesn't make any sense to the natural realm. How many of you know it doesn't? 
It makes no sense to, to release 10% of your, your money back to the Lord. It makes no sense in the natural. But God has put a supernatural blessing on it. And I, I heard a preacher say this years ago, and it's so good, I've never been able to improve on it. He said this, he said, I'd rather have a blessed 90% than a cursed 100 is that right? He said, I'd rather have a blessed 90 than a cursed 100. So look at verse 10. So your barns will be, look at verse 10. So this is back in the New King James. So your barns will be what? Filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. How many would like to have, have your bank account filled with plenty? That'd be a good deal, wouldn't it? Now, now, like Malachi 3, I will go there, last book in the Old Testament. Again, I seldom teach on these things, but when you talk about first things, it's really, it's really difficult to talk about first things as it pertains to the Bible without talking about these principles. Like I said, I think I do you a disservice by not talking about it more, but like I said, I don't want to get grouped with the people that try to bilk you out of your money. But I do you a disservice if I don't ever talk about this. Look at Malachi 3 and 8. Will a man rob God? Is it possible to rob God? Yeah, it is. He says, yet you've robbed me, but you say, and what have we robbed you? And then, in other words, how can I rob, how can I steal from God? In what? In tithes and offerings. And then he said, you are cursed with a curse for you've robbed me even this whole nation boy you don't want you don't want you don't want god blowing on your blowing your stuff away do you so so he says you you know he says you've robbed me this whole nation and then he says bring all the tithes isn't wonderful that we can repent said bring all the tithes into the storehouse i believe the storehouse is the place where you are fed spiritually on a regular basis Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me or prove me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I'll not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing. That word blessing means a good word. How many of you like to get a good word from God? Well, I tell you what, being a tither and a giver, I believe believe unlocks a, a heavenly principle that opens you up to receive some good direction from the Lord. You know, a lot of times people think, well, if I tithe, then money's going to magically come in the mail. Not necessarily. More likely, you're going to be in a position to get direction from God to do a wise thing that's going to increase, cause increase in your life. How many of you know God can send you money in the mail supernaturally if he needed to? Well, he could. He's a miracle working God and all of that. But, I, I, you know, just the way I've noticed this over the years, you know, people always want the, the, woo, the spectacular. And so many times we look for the spectacular and we miss the supernatural move of God. You see, if you'll really understand this, as you are a tither and a giver, it, puts, it opens the windows of heaven over you and it opens you up to get revelation from the Lord. He'll reveal things from his word to you. Did you know God can hide parts of his word? Did you know that? Did you know that he can reveal parts of it? Did you know that? And if you refuse to tithe and and, and honor the Lord, I believe there's parts of the scripture that he won't open up to you. 
See, you don't hear much talked about that. A lot of times what you'll hear is that if you don't tithe, God's going to get you. Well, if God wanted to get you, he'd have got you by now. You know what I mean? He's not interested in destroying you. He wants to bless you. But I think what that curse, at least in part, what he's talking about there, is if we refuse to be tithers and givers, then there's just parts of the scripture that I think is going to lay darkened unto us. Well, anyway, didn't the Bible say right here, bring the tithes into the storehouse, verse 10, that there may be food in my house. Try me now or prove me now in this. This is the only time in the Bible where I see God says, prove me in something. Prove me now in this. Says the Lord, if I'll not open for you the windows of heaven and pour you out such a blessing, that word in the Hebrew means blessing, benediction or a good word, that there will not be room enough to receive it. Wouldn't it be wonderful to be getting such good direction from God that you'd have to just almost say, Lord, just hold that, hold that direction off. I'm just, I've done what you said to do, and I'm being so blessed. I don't know what to do with all the blessing. Wouldn't that be a wonderful place to be? And something else about when it comes to prosperity, one reason God wants to prosper you really isn't, isn't because uh, it, the motive shouldn't be really for you to get more. It's really, you, you know, yeah, you get blessed and all that, but really the overflow is for you to bless somebody else, isn't it? And then he says, I'll rebuke the devourer for your sakes. That's a good, that's a good deal, isn't it? So he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, or the vine fall, uh, uh, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed, for you'll be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. That's a good deal, isn't it? And boy, releasing 10% with a right heart. See, like with tithing, see, a lot of times people want, want because people have asked me, they say, well, wow, you know, I've been tithing for years, and I've never, never seen any results. Have you been believe? You've got to believe God. Did you know tithing can become mechanical? And if it becomes mechanical, it really doesn't do you any good. You know, it, it's, that, it's that tithing that's done in, realize, say, in faith. In faith. In faith. Releasing your, in faith, believing God. It's not a giving to get principle. It's, a, it's, a, it's an obedience principle, principle, blessing God, worshiping God, honoring God, but at the same time, just reverently holding him to his promises. And be, in belie- and be believing for, for the return. Amen? The Bible talks about he who sows sparingly shall reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully shall reap bountifully. And that would apply in, in all areas. And it would, it would apply to, to finances because I believe when Paul shared that, he was talking in the concept of, of offerings. Look at Genesis 4 verse 3. Look at Genesis 4 verse 3. Notice this. How many of you remember Cain and Abel? You remember those two? Remember they both brought an offering to the Lord? And remember one was respected by God and the other was not. Let's notice this here in verse 3. Genesis 4 verse 3. New King James Version. And in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the... Notice this, of the what? Of the first, first, I'm giving you a hint, first, firstborn of his flock and of their fat. That means the good, the best, the best. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. He did not respect Cain and his offering. There's much we could say about that. 
as to why one was respected and the other one wasn't. But we know from the book of Hebrews that Abel offered his by faith. And Cain evidently did not. Also, you could say, well, you know, uh, uh, Abel, there was a shedding of blood, obviously, because he brought an animal. And uh, Cain, well, he brought of the fruit of the ground and there was a curse on the ground. And uh, you, whole, you could say a whole bunch of stuff. But, but in its simplest form, I'll, I believe this is why God honored Abel above Cain. It wasn't, God's no respecter of persons. You understand that? It wasn't because he loved Abel more. Is that right? It's because Abel offered his by faith. Do you know it takes faith to give God your first and your best? And I believe that Cain did not bring his first and did not bring his best. And it says it right there. He brought, Abel brought the first and the best to the Lord. How many of you know that your tithing is between you and God? If it ever gets between you and a minister, there's something haywire there. Did you hear me? You should never tithe into this ministry because of me. Say amen. It's got to be between you and the Lord. If you're tithing in here just because you like me, you're wasting your money. You need to do something else with it. It's between you and God. Say amen. Amen. That's why I don't talk to people about tithes, offerings. I, I've never gone to anybody in all these years and talked to them about their giving, tithing, offering, because it's not between you and me. It's between you and the Lord. That's why when when somebody will will put in a, 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 a you know a large offering or whatever over the years, I've never one time called them on the phone and thanked them. I've never never done anything special for him. You got to be real glad that I'm that away, because I don't want I don't want their return. Now, am I grateful? Sure, I am. Am I blessed? Sure, I am. But I don't want their reward to come from me. I want their reward to come from God. And how many of you know He can bless them a whole lot more than I can? And I don't want them to ever get to the... See, I can do them a disservice because they'll get to the point where they think, well, I'm given to get a call from Pastor Terry. No, no, you don't want a call, call from me. You want a call from the Lord. Amen? How many of you okay with that? You all right with that? Uh, real quick, I, I, I could teach all day on this. I, I love this subject. Joshua, the 6th chapter and the 19th verse. Joshua six nineteen. Do you remember when Joshua, Moses died, Joshua took over and all of that? Remember, does anybody know what the first city they came to was called? It starts with a J. Jericho. Do you remember that? The first city was Jericho. Look at verse 19, what, what God told Joshua. He said, all the silver and the gold and vessels of bronze and iron are consecrated to the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. Now, there were many cities after Jericho. But the first city, Jericho, God said all of that goes into the treasury of the Lord. There's another principle of the tithe right there. And it's interesting 
if you, uh, well, well, as the story goes, you understand that they, they, they defeated Jericho at the hand of God. And, and all of the, the treasury of Jericho went into the treasury of the Lord, except there was a man named, it starts with an A, Achan. Is she the only one that knows the Bible in here? All right, don't, don't answer anymore. Let's give these other people a chance. Does anybody know what his name is? Was Achan. You just knew that because she said it, right? Achan. Remember what Achan did? He took just a little bit of that stuff from Jericho. Remember that? And he hid it. He hid it in, in, in his tent. You know, he buried it down there under his tent or whatever. Is that right? And then Israel or the, the children of Israel, they went up against a little bitty town. It's just two letters. Now, don't you answer this in the sound booth now. It's two letters. A is the first one. Oh, AI. Remember AI? It was a little bitty rinky-dink city. Now, now the Israelites just beat this massive city, Jericho. Now they go up against this little bitty rinky-dink city and, and they get killed, so to speak. They get defeated. And Joshua's on his face seeking the Lord. And notice, if you would, chapter 7, verse 10. So the Lord said to Joshua, get up, why do you lie on your face? Israel has sinned, and they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them, for they have even taken some of the, uh, uh, what? The accursed, uh, accursed things. See, if you keep what's God's, it'll become a curse to you. I like what that, that another preacher said. You better give God what's his so the devil doesn't get what's yours. For they have even taken some of the accursed things and have both, what's that next word? Stolen. Oh my. And deceived. And they have also put it among their own. Do you have any of God's things among your own stuff? And then he says, verse 12, therefore, are because of this, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies. And there's much more we could say about it for the sake of time. But you see that just a little, and Achan really took just a little bit compared to the massive amount that was there. Again, it's not the amount, it's the principle of it. It's interesting, if you look at Joshua 8 and verse 2, look at Joshua 8 and verse 2. Look at Joshua 8 and verse 2. See, see God, is not, his, his attitude is not to try to starve you out. He wants to bless you. Look at, didn't we say that, that 10% belongs to the Lord and the rest of it he lets you keep? Is that right? Look what he said here in Joshua 8 verse 2. He said, and you shall do to Ai and its king as you did to Jericho. Now, this was after they, they did, dealt with Achan and all of that and his sin and all of that. Then you shall do to Ai and its king as you did to Jericho and its king. Only its spoil, that means all the goods, the treasury, and its cattle you shall take as booty. That just means you get to keep it for yourselves. Isn't that wonderful? So God wanted the, the Jericho, the first one, belonged to God. He said, the rest of them you can, you, you can do with it, it's yours. This is sobering, isn't it? 
Now go to 1 Kings. I'm just going to go on a few more minutes, but go to 1 Kings 17. I can't think of a better thing to do on the first day of the first the first day of the year than to sit and listen to the Word of God. Amen? 1 Kings 17. How many of you remember Elijah the prophet? Remember him? Remember he there was he called for a, a fa- he, he called for a drought didn't he and, and then God told him to go to the brook Cherith right and for a certain amount of time God fed him supernaturally there with the ravens is that right and then in the process of time the brook dried up and the Lord the word of the Lord came to him again and said go over to Zarephath he said there I provided a, a widow is that right to provide for you there. How many of you know you don't necessarily need a rich uncle? Is that right? How many of you know that God can use a poor widow with just a few morsels? God can use that person to provide. Is that right? How many of you know if you want to walk in supernatural blessing and prosperity, most of the time it doesn't make any sense? It makes no sense. How could God use a widow who had barely enough food for her and her son? How could God use... I learned a long time ago, just stop trying to figure God out. Let's just obey him. And so he goes over there, and he goes over, and, and, and as, as the story goes, you know, he wants her to make him make some stuff and whatnot. She has just a little bit left, and she says, I'm going to go prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. But look at verse 13. This is 1 Kings 17, 13. 1 Kings 17, 13. Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it. What's that next word? First. Makes absolutely no sense to the natural thinking. And bring it to me. Did you ever hear about bringing the tithes into the... Oh, he said, bring them. Now, that doesn't mean there's anything wrong if you're on vacation sending it. But I mean, as a regular basis, you ought to be bringing it to the place where you're being fed. He said, bring it to me, and afterward, make some. Then afterward, make some for yourself and your son. Well, you see tithing in there, don't you? And thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bit of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day of the Lord, until the day Lord, the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. Notice she didn't just hear it, but she did it, didn't she? And she and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. I don't need to even comment on that. Let the Lord speak to you about that. We'll close in Revelation chapter 2, verse 1. Now, we've talked about, you know, the house of God. We've talked about tithes and offerings and all of that. Did you ever notice we've already received the tithes and offerings before I taught on it? I'll never receive a tithe or an offering after I teach on it. We always do it before. Did you hear me? Because I don't want anybody to get, I don't want you to become a tither just because you heard me teach one message. Did you ever notice I never try to convince people to be tithers? doesn't work. I just teach on the blessings of it and let God speak to you. That's between you and the Lord. Amen? And I'm never going to hype you up and then receive, receive offerings. I, God won't honor that. But here, this is, if, I want you to get what I'm going to talk about now here in the last five minutes of this message. I want you to get this. 
more than any of the other stuff we've talked about. Look at Revelation 2 verse 1. Notice this. So the, to the angel or to the pastor, the messenger of the church of Ephesus, right? This is Jesus sending a message to this pastor and these people in Ephesus in the church of Ephesus. These th- and here's what he says. These things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand that had to do with the, the pastors and walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands that has to do with the, those seven churches. He says, I know your works, your labor, your patience, that you cannot bear those who are evil. That you've tested those who say they're apostles and are not and have found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. It, they had a whole bunch of good works, didn't they? Didn't they have a whole bunch of good works? Whole bunch of good works. They persevered, they had patience, and, and, and they tested those who were teaching the word to, to see if, it, if what they were teaching was really right. And they had a lot of good works here. Excellent. But notice verse 4, nevertheless, I have this against you. You have left your what? Your, your what? Your first love. Who is the first love of is Jesus? Did you know you can get so busy working for Jesus that you can uh, that your relationship with Jesus can become cold? Did you get what I just said? I said you can become you can work so hard for Jesus that your relationship with Him can grow cold. And. Uh, you can have so much good stuff going on in the church, but if it's not centered around Jesus, and if it's not all about Jesus, all those good works, as good as they are and wonderful as they are, nevertheless, the Lord still would have something against us. I don't want him to have anything against us. Amen? And he says, you have left your what? Your first love. We're talking about first thing, first love, Jesus. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, see, there was evidently a day where it was all about Jesus. But in the process of time, they got distracted with these other things, as good as they were. But he said, remember from where you fall and repent. That just means to change direction. Repent and do the first works, or else I'll come to you quickly, remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. It's interesting as you study church history, this church went on some, I don't know, about a hundred years after this. And it, see, God, you see, quickly to the Lord is different than quickly to you and me. Quickly to, to me is like a day or two. Quickly to the Lord was about a hundred years, give or take. They didn't ultimately repent. God shut that church down. Well, I don't know about you, but I want to keep Jesus first. What do you say? How many of you want to keep Jesus first? Stand with me if you would. Attitude of prayer. Don't need altar workers to come up today. I will say this. if They will come up right after the service. They'll be up here in the front. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, you need to do that before you leave today. There'll be some ushers. Uh, I'm sorry. Some, I, I don't need music today. That's fine. I, I don't need that today. That's fine. That's fine. Thank you. I appreciate that. Don't need that today. Uh, and the altar workers, I'll need you to come up here when we dismiss the service. Lest there be somebody here that you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. You need to come up and do that. Because there is a heaven to gain and a hell to miss. The only way that will happen is if you repent of your sins, make Jesus the Lord of your life. So if you've never done that, you need to do that before you leave here today. There will be some men and women standing up here. 
And you just come right on up right after we dismiss the service and uh, talk to them and they'll pray with you. Amen. They'll be there right after I dismiss. But with heads bowed and eyes closed, I want all of us to examine ourselves here today. Here on the first day of this new year. Not only is it the first day of the week, but it's the first day of a new year. First day of a new year. And just as Haggai, the prophet, God said through him to the people, he said, consider how things are going for you. Another way to say it is, consider your ways. And I believe that's what the Lord would ask all of us here today. Let's consider our ways. Let's consider our ways. Let's consider the things we've been doing. Remember this, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always be what you've always been. If you always do what you've always done, you'll always be what you've always been. If things aren't going right for you, well, consider the things you consider your ways. Maybe there's some adjustments you need to make. Maybe there's some some some, some adjustments you need to make. Just a little adjustment can can go a long way, can can fix a whole lot of things. See, a lot of times people think there's some big major thing that they've got to change. A lot of times it's not some big major thing. Sometimes it is, but a lot of times it isn't. Most of the time it's some little minor little adjustment here, little little attitude adjustment there. Little little adjustment here, just a little little attitude adjustment there. Maybe God spoke to you concerning. Maybe things haven't been going for you financially the way you'd like them to go. And maybe God spoke to you in that this morning. I, I you know I don't know. However God spoke to you, but but one thing I do know: let's all examine ourselves concerning our first love, which is Jesus, and let's always be sure that we keep Him first in our lives. Keep him first. 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 Now this just came up out of my spirit. It goes, shall old, shall old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? I believe there are some people in here. This just came up. Actually, this started coming up in my heart this morning. It came up again. If it hadn't come up again, I wouldn't have said anything. But it came up right here. Let old acquaintance be forgot. Shall old acquaintance, shall, a question. Shall old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? There's some people in here, you need to examine some of the friends you've been hanging around and, 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 and spending time with. Did you know that the, the people you spend time with, you'll become just like them? Did you know that, that sometimes you know people can be such a blessing in your life, but did you know sometimes they can become a hindrance to you? I'm talking even about Christians sometimes that talk a good talk, but they don't necessarily walk a good walk. It might just be time for you to judge some relationships and maybe distance yourself from some people. Maybe it's not going to be until you do that 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 God will be able to bless you to the full. Yeah, but if I turn... I hear this right in my spirit. I need to say, say this. Yeah, but if I turn them loose, I won't have anybody else. Didn't you know that sometimes you have to turn something loose before God will bless you with something better? 
Well, God's speaking to some people in here. If you just hear what it is, the Spirit of God is saying. Amen. Praise God forevermore. If you've always, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always be what you've always been. But that applies to all of us, doesn't it? Should old acquaintance be forgotten, never brought to mind? Well, some of them should. Some of them should. Maybe not all of them. How many of you know there are some people God puts in your life for life? Amen. Well, praise God. Well, that's all I hear the Spirit of God saying, so I'm not going to add anything to it. Isn't Jesus wonderful? Isn't he wonderful? Heavenly Father, I pray right now as we dismiss this service, I pray for this church. I pray for these people. I pray for all of us. I pray that we will always keep and trust that we will Jesus as our first love. First above anything or anyone else that Jesus is first. That this will be a church that glorifies Jesus, that he's the central focus, he's the central figure, it's all about him, and that when people come, that they'll not see a man, a woman, a boy, or a girl, but that they'll see the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost uplifted, and they'll see Jesus as Lord. And they'll see a church, and they'll experience a church where the power of the Holy Spirit is able to move and to operate, and they'll see a pulpit, we pray for this pulpit, that it stays on fire with the teaching and the preaching of the word of God and that there'll be a people that will be sent unto it that, that will, 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 will hear the, the, the teaching of the word of God and that will be blessed by it. We just thank you for it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for a pulpit that's on fire, for a, for a people that's on fire, for a people that's on fire, for a people that's on fire. Yeah, pray for the people, oh God, that they would come and they'd be hungry and they'd be thirsty for the word of God and that they'd be able to draw the fire out of the pulpit, you see. Because, you see, the pulpit will only be as on fire as the, as the draw that the people make. So, so, oh God, give us a people that'll, be, that'll come to draw the fire out of the pulpit. That'll draw things up out of my spirit that you deposited in there years ago that they'll need to hear in due season and at the right time. Oh God, give us a people that worships God. 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 Give us a people that comes hungry for the word of God. Give us the people that stirred up for the word of God. Give us the people that will respond to the word of God. And they'll be hungry for the word of God. And they'll want to flow with the spirit of God. Give us the people that are not spectators. Give us the people that are participants with the things of God. And the fire of God. And the power of God. Hallelujah. As Jesus is held as a central focus of this ministry. And as the people come and cause the pulpit to be on fire and as the pulpit is on fire that good things will happen in this church and in this ministry hallelujah thank god and all of god's people real loud said in the name of jesus they said amen hallelujah praise god all right we'll see you next time happy new year